Welcome to the Gigi and Saji podcast. Wisdom, world explorer, and shenanigans. We have it all. Gigi and Saji is a podcast where we talk with all kinds of people all around the world, expert or not so much expert, but we discuss anything that is life relevant to us about books, TV shows, and anything creative that we want to talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and welcome to the show. <clears throat> Hello listeners and welcome back to the Gigi and Saji podcast. We're here for another episode and today we're talking about some cool artists and music stuff and I'm not alone. I'm in the wonderful company with Jasper Whitehead. He goes by he him pronouns. He's an artist, a cancer and so much more that we're going to find out soon. Hello and welcome Jasper. Hi Lola, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. We had a little brief catch up before this, but uh, yeah, it's really nice to see you again. Yes, obviously. Like, it's been too long. It's been too long. <laughs> when, when was the last time I saw you in person? <sighs> Let me think. So it's 2021. Mm. Weird. I, like, most like, I would say around about two years like I'm thinking like have we seen each other in 2020 because I come from like I I'm bad with like gig memory otherwise I I would... yeah I always think of 2020 as just pure lockdown and I forget there was three months <laughs> before that where we were still doing things and we had a whole tour we had a tour and an EP come out I'm like that was that year <laughs> like weird wait what was that the then I saw you that year <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the they... very beginning yeah, we had a multi-artist tour, either January or February, and I think yeah. London. Do I see you in London? Yeah, to be honest, like I think most London dates were always the ones where I was there, so it yeah. most likely has happened round about then. So we saw you in Camden Town. Mm -hmm. Oh, was that Camden? Oh, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so as you can, like, hear listeners, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, yeah, tell us about what you do, like, who you are, why you're here today. <laughs> why am I here today? Okay, why am I here? One, um, I'm a bit bored. <laughs> Two, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I thought it seemed really, really cool. I was always waiting for someone to ask me. And uh, I've, I've always thought you were very cool, Lola, and everything you have going on with your book and your publishing. I found that very impressive. And then when we're just catching up really like recently and you mentioned it, I was 100% like, I'd want to do this. <laughs> I hope she asked me because I want to do it. It sounds cool. It sounds fun. Uh, what was the other question? Who am I? My name is yeah. Jasper. <laughs> Jasper White. Just saying, I got really lucky with my parents naming me Jasper on the first name, but then I feel like Whitehead lets it down a bit. So it's 50-50 cool name. Who am I? Um, I'm a musician. Uh, I'm a member of the band Offshore. And that's all I do with my life because band requires everything. And to do anything in music requires everything. So that's really all. This year, it's been offshore and long walks by the beach and playing Pokemon Go. And <laughs> finish, finishing and completing everything on Netflix and Disney Plus. And lots and lots of writing and band stuff in the background. Fingers crossed, hoping that eventually life got back to the the way that we could actually do things so yeah that's me that's me i'm also like you said a cancerian i'm a vegetarian 
Um, I love dinosaurs and lizards. Ask me anything and I will know it. Um, probably wasted in music, to be honest. I could have been a great paleontologist like Ross Geller, my hero. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all you need to know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a legendary introduction if you like... So yeah, I think music and dinosaurs. Like to wrap it up, that's a great choice in life, um, and to do stuff. Right, we're diving into the question section um, cool. right away to go into the deep dive of the music journey. When did your love for music start? Um, I, I can't, it was kind of always in the background of my mind, even as a kid. I didn't even realize it was, but. I was really lucky that my dad gave me Queen, the greatest hits as a CD back when we had CDs. And I learned, I think I was six years old. I knew every word to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'd always sing it in the bath in the car. And I think, I think that was more Wayne's world. When I saw Wayne's world, I was just like that scene in the car with all headbanging. Sing yes. Wayne Rhapsody. That, that, yeah, that for sure. Um, I think Lilo and Stitch, the movie made me fall in love with Elvis. And mm. But I, I, I don't, and I was also obsessed with like boy bands from the time. And I, I remember I told Callum and Harvey recently, and they were laughing their heads off at me. But I once did, I, I once drew a poster for a fake band. <laughs> I think it was sort of like a rap band. <laughs> 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 well, I think it was called Monkey Skull, and I don't know why. I just kind of had this fantasy, but I didn't take it seriously. And then I think when I was eleven. My friend, for his birthday, he got drums and American Idiot, the album, had just come out. So he was like, oh, come listen to this. And I heard that and I was like, I want to play a guitar. That's awesome. And then I was playing in the garage with him and his mate gave me a guitar. And I couldn't play it at all. I was just hitting the strings, making noise come out. And it was nothing. But I just fancied it. And then I started playing guitar for a year, got lessons. And then about a year into that, when I was probably 12, I saw a music video one day when I was getting dressed to go to my guitar lesson. And it was McFly, and it was, it was a song called "The Heart Never Lies." I don't know if you know if you know of it, but I saw that. I was just like, "What is this? I want to do this. I want that's what I want to do in my life." And then since I was twelve, really, it's been nothing but I'm gonna be in a band one day. I want to make my year, my yearbook at school. Like when I was leaving school, I had to I had to fill in. I was like, "Where are you gonna be in ten years?" And I wrote in a band. It's ten years on, and I'm in the band. So in a way, <laughs> kind of done it. <laughs> Kind of it. I don't know who else out of my old schoolmates have actually achieved what they said they were going to do in 10 years. So they're probably a lot more com comfortable financially than I am, but I've been on tour. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, like, that's such a great thing as well, because um, to have that vision and follow it through over the years, um, that's something like very admirable. And like, as you said, like, I'm so on this as well. Like, I'm, I would rather be like less financially stable, but still do what I like love in life than to be in a job that I feel super uncomfortable, but I'm super rich. Like that's, that's just not the way it works for me. <laughs> hey, I always kind of felt it. And I heard um, it went around the internet a couple of years back with Jim Carrey gave a speech at some university and it's got, you know, when I was growing up, everyone's like, especially I remember career, was it career advisement at school? And I went in and said, Oh yeah, I want to be a musician. And the guy just went, Okay, um, I don't know what to say then. I, I don't know anything about that. And I sat there for half an hour telling him <laughs> how it kind of worked. <laughs> but everyone was just like, really? How about do this? How about... And it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I mean, obviously, you've got more security if you become a lawyer or a banker or get an office job. 
but I mean, you can fail at that too. You can get made redundant in those jobs. So if you're gonna if you're gonna risk failing at any career, why not take a chance on the one you want? You know, exactly. exactly. Like, and to be honest, like you can always try. Like, always try to get where you want to be with what you want to do. And then if after so many times where you tried, you feel like it's really not going where you want to be, then you can still proceed something else. But you should always try and like follow your dreams in that sense. And like, because at the end of the day, it's all about happiness. Like money only makes us like happy if we can share it. Like that's that, that's just a fact. Like you, if you sit on your like pile of money on your own, like what's what what is it there for? And then yeah mental health wise it's gonna make you feel so much better if you just pursue what you like really love in life and especially as an artist and all kinds yeah. of forms i so agree with this yeah well I mean, don't, don't get me wrong i mean you're, obviously you're pursuing a career as an author right <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean <laughs> I, i'll tell you now i don't know what type of authors but pursuing a, a life and career as a musician i wouldn't say it's the best for your mental health <laughs> to be honest mm -hmm. so there's uh there's other stresses for sure that go with it yeah rather than picking the more secured options um but it's just you know the longer you go the more you learn and hopefully you, you learn to manage it and uh it's, it's an incredibly hard industry and I, I think people only realize how hard it is when you're on the inside it's yeah. so brutal upthrow and disheartening and you know, I, I I remember having it in my head. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in the biggest pop band ever by the age I'm 16. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why. That's not what happened. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> good, good. But, yeah, but all, all, all these, uh, you know, all these failures come. And I guess I guess it says a lot about your character. And I, I guess if if you're meant to succeed, if you're if you're actually able to succeed and you're one of the people that's going to, I guess you you need to have that in you where it's like, okay, I'm going to keep stumbling and falling, but for ha for whatever reason, I still manage to pick myself up every time and keep going and learn. And I'd say that's probably what the last ten years have been like, for sure. Yeah. Even as offshore, I know we've we've failed a lot of times at what we've set out to do. We've had great successes with things that we're really really proud of, but we we we've failed at lots of stuff. You know, even just me personally, I know I failed at so many things. And I was, we, I was talking to my mum a couple of weeks back and we, I was showing her what the band's doing next and everything and explaining why I feel quite confident in it. And I was saying, well, this time I feel like we've got so many failures under our belt that we can learn from. So now I feel like we really know what we're doing. And she was she was being a mum. Like, that wasn't a failure, darling. No, no, no. Like, mum, mum, mum. It's like, well, did I get a record deal, mum? Well, then I failed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. But my mum's my mum, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, at this point in my life, I feel like, okay, I, I feel kind of proud of all the things I failed at because I know I, I failed in a blaze of glory. I tried really, really hard. And yes, it's a lot easier to swallow when you know you've tried your hardest. And one thing, I, know, I won't sit here and say I'm the best guitarist, best singer or best writer in the entire world. But I know I try very, very hard than a lot of people. I know that, you know. When people say to me, oh, yeah, I'm going to give music a go, I think, well, good luck. <laughs> it's going to require a lot more than giving it a go, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, just adding to the mental health section, yeah, um, I wasn't going to say, like, <laughs> if if you join the arts, there's no mental health issues, because <laughs> what Jesper said is absolutely true. Like, I think the arts sector is just one of the hardest industries to be in, because, like, we get so much 
like so many times, whether you're an author or a musician, you get disrespected so much in all various aspects. And like the in, like from the outside, and then once you're in the inside, like from a author perspective speaking, like you are dealing with this constant thing of like you're getting rejected by all these giant publishers and stuff. And then constantly like you start overthinking like, okay, but was I actually trying my best or is this really shit? Why is no one taking attention to this and, and like stuff like that. But then at the end of the day, like if you always speak your truth in the sense of like, this is like you gave it your best and like, this is really true to what you want to bring out in the world, whether it's like a song or a book or video, whatever you do in the art sector. Um, as long as you stick to your truth, um, people will acknowledge that in one way or another, like, and for me, it's always this thing of like, if there's only one person out there that like reads my books or like stories or hears what I say, and then at the end of the day, they feel better because of it or like it's an inspiration for them or it kicks off some, some of their own practice, projects and stuff. That's what I want to do. And like by that, you're going to kick off another wave of like people that kind of like come to you and stuff. And that's how you like also figure out who's really there to support you in like, you know, tough times and that kind of stuff yeah sure it sounds kind of um you're absolutely right like, obviously as artists you put yourself through it because in a in a way it's it's probably less rewarding but it's a lot easier to be a bedroom artist where i think of like i i used to before it was music i, I used to think i was going to be an artist with drawing i was all about drawing and it was way easier for me to sit in my bedroom and just draw for myself and never show it to anyone and just enjoy it for me mm -hmm. and then years before all the years before we released any music it was great because i could just sit in my bedroom writing songs and think i really love this i think it's great <laughs> the moment you put it out there for the world to make an opinion on <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's up but you know it's um but no you're right whether it's whether it becomes a global hit or if it's one person in every hundred that appreciates what you're doing it, it probably sounds from like an egotistical sense but it's really not before I feel like I can remember the majority of times that someone's come up to me personally and gone, oh, this song you guys put out, I really love it. And when they start talking to me about what, what they thought the meaning of it was, it's like, that's the most rewarding feeling ever. Mm. And I, I, I remember nearly every time someone's done that because that's just like, you know, you go through all the hard grinds and all that stuff. And every day it's, you know, you're getting up and it's stress and you're worried about all these things. The, the, the moments where someone does that, it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, sometimes you forget why you did it. It's like, oh yeah, that's exactly why. Thank you. and knowing that at least one person got something out of what you did and all the time you put into making it, that's at the end, for me personally. That's what it's about. I love that when it happens, and it's hard earned. You know, you can't just put anything out and expect people to relate to it. But when someone does appreciate it, it's all right. Cool. Thank. I'm, I'm glad I put all my heart and soul and time and money into trying. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also so fascinating because when you put out a song, it's this thing of like, you might have thoughts about something completely different, but then this person comes to you and is like, this song really helped me because, you know, I'm currently going through a breakup or like uh, I'm having family issues or like stuff like that. So like sometimes it can be also a different message to them. But however, you're going to reach people with that and like by that. And I think it's such an like that's 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 so crazy like no matter if you're like a super successful like known artist or if you're like in a smaller band or something like that if you have the magic to kind of like touch people with what you do as like 
form of art that's such like that's just incredible because like you know you never you never know who you can like who needs that message that you want to put out into the world and yeah and i'm a fan what can i say <laughs> for anyone driving for the first time I, I met lola was it on the european tour yeah we met in hamburg, <laughs> like, hamburg. Yeah. hamburg is still one of my favorite cities in yeah and europe it's, it's on my list to go back to just for a weekend i just yeah. want to go back for a weekend on my own just just have a nice time that was uh hamburg and cologne i think we did a lot of places so it all kind of blurs into one but i still remember hamburg yeah. and cologne in germany like i will be going back there for sure yeah that was a hamburg is still, really, really nice yeah but I, st I still remember we talk about like songs you don't know what's going to connect with people i remember at that point in the tour especially when you had people going to more than one show in a day which is really cool because you'd, you'd be in probably i don't know stuttgart in the morning and then they'd follow you to hamburg in the evening it's kind of yeah. like they've already seen the show so what can we do we only know so many songs and i remember in the car like showing everyone melting and we we're just kind of jamming it and then on the day it was like oh, what, what can we throw in just to make this up for people like do melting it was like okay cool played it and i think along the way it was a band that it was a song that the band weren't really like yeah, I think I think they weren't mad about it. I think they appreciated it, but it kind of took on a life of its own where suddenly the fans were like, We really like this song and the guys were like, Ah, I didn't think this one would <laughs> like catch on so much. So I was always kind of pushing for it to get recorded, but it's you know, like a, I mean, even just the, the two EPs we did put out, there's quite a difference in vision and sound. And it's probably no, there's four songs on each EP, but there's probably ten other songs with each of those EPs that were kind of a collection to go around it that would have fitted in. Mm -hmm. But there's never the time at this current like stage as a band to do them all. So it's just one of those things that got left behind. But I, I really appreciate for any, any song we have, to be honest, that anyone says that we like, even if it's one person, that's, that's enough for me. It's just like, cool. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still waiting for, you know, mel melting to be on Spotify and stuff. I mean, is it on the demos that you put up? I think so, right? Yeah, like... yeah. There's a, there's a few different recordings and demos of it. And I nearly thought about, because um, I knew it was a popular one, I felt like it deserved a bit more than just finding some old acoustic one I did in my bedroom. I thought they deserve a nicer version of it. But then I did find one we did in, I think, 2016 or 17 in, in a studio for a day. And I thought that was the best one we had. So, okay, that's the one I'll put up on there um yeah I, i'm sorry i say i don't think it'll ever make its way on the spotify but it's always there and <laughs> <laughs> i know that's the part of being a musician and you know when you want to be just you know when you're doing it for yourself and you're writing and recording in your bedroom just for you to hear you can be as self-indulgent as you want when you make that decision of turning your passion into a career especially as i mean i don't know what it's like for authors and artists but musicians and songwriters you've got to let songs go really quickly and it's a really horrible phrase, but I've heard in the industry a lot. It's called "kill your baby." Oh, yeah. yeah like, I think I think in writer sense we call it "kill your darlings." Yeah, that sounds a lot nicer. I'll use that one in the future. <laughs> <laughs> As an artist, when you're, you you love it so much and get so attached to it, and you've got such a vision for it. But if it's just not going to happen, you've just got to. It's taken me a long time to adopt that mentality and be able to to let go. But so, you, yeah, you've just got to be able to. You know, 
pour all that time and effort and passion into something and then let it go and let it go collect dust in a grave somewhere and move on to the next thing because there, there's not enough time like you, you can't spend one month writing one song and we're a lot quicker now because we've adopted this um it's a lot more efficient i think that's what professional people would probably do whereas if we're writing now we write a verse and a chorus and that's all i do i'll just write a verse and a chorus and then i'll send it to callum and harvey and if they like it then okay i'll now go write the second verse and the rest of it mm. if they don't cool just leave it move on to the next one so i have to be a it's, it's somehow you've got to put just as much um personal thoughts into it and just as much passion and also be willing to just disregard him for it to decide move on to the next thing so it's a very interesting process in life but good job i, I personally prefer it more than working in a bank mm. yeah yeah it sounds like to me like you can all like you can hear that like that what you do that that's absolutely what you love and i think that's super great because yeah as we said before or like as i said before um choose happiness over like something that's gonna not make you happy in the end <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um so you already started like uh, talked about like the start like how it all started with like becoming a band and stuff um so when did like project offshore start for you like how when did that came up for me personally i mean we've all got different journeys and then eventually we kind of came together um but for me it's offshore the band it's always it's always been a thing for me even when i was like 12 and i was like okay i'm gonna go and make this band and then whether it even be like choosing my gcse's or what college do i go to every, every decision i made was governed by what's gonna get me into position to somehow make this band so uh once i left school i looked around at like music music schools were the obvious option and to be honest now with hindsight i can see why i would have benefited from the knowledge of going to music school but i looked at all the bands i loved and realized around london they all went to theater schools which was a bit more of a norm for pop for the pop industry back in like the mm -hmm. noughties so i i found the schools where like my heroes went to and where the teachers were still working there that taught them i was like okay i'm gonna get myself in here so I managed to somehow get my, my way into Sylvia Young Theatre School, which I did for quite a long time. And I loved it. It was the first time, you know, I went in as a guitarist. I, I never, ever once tried tap dancing in my life or ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really weird how you talk to people. I was like, so what, what did you do to become a musician? Well, I put myself through five years of ballet. <laughs> I, did, I did ballet every morning for five years to get in a band. Makes no sense when you say it out loud. But I stuck it out. And everyone I was surrounded by wanted to get into musical theatre. And one, one of my best friends, actually, he's fine. He, he works really, really hard. He's really talented. And he just got himself into the lead role of Dear Evan Hansen. In the oh, West what? <laughs> yeah. Big fan here, sorry. <laughs> I, went, I went and saw him and it was, it was amazing to see because I, I know him as David from college. Oh, and wow. all, all, all hilarious. And then I'm, I'm, I'm waiting backstage for him to come out and then there's all these people waiting to get his autograph and I was just like ah, Dave but I know how hard he worked for that so um but yeah that was kind of like the surroundings of people I was in and then I was kind of the one weird guy that was like he wants to be in music and even though I was like working at it um I, ne I never showed anyone in five years of theatre school and it was only in the, the last week before graduating in my last year someone came in for like a um a pop and rock master class 
And they're like, is anyone here right? And I brought my guitar because I knew he was coming. And I put my hand up and everyone was looking at me like, he's bullshitting. Jasper doesn't have <laughs> songs. He's never shown. He's like, oh, he's about to fall flat in his face here. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's watch that. And then I played uh, um, one of the demos actually put on the SoundCloud. It was called Long Way Down. I wrote that. And it, it was so funny because I played it. And all my classmates were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> like, and they're all quite—they're all quite angry at me because they're like, "Why the fuck didn't you tell us?" Like, <laughs> no one asked. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, again, it was like, I, I, I don't do it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't do it for clout or to impress people around college and stuff. I was just like, it's what I want to do. I, you know, I kept my head down. I kept working hard to learn. Um, that, that was one really good benefit I got from theatre school where I'm going to music school was about performing, stage presence and all those type of tricks and those techniques. So I'm glad I've got that. And that's why now when I'm on stage, I'll put the guitar behind my head and I'll jump around like an antelope. Um, <laughs> yeah, larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> so all that stuff kind of comes into it and like classical music, uh, classical singing techniques. And I'm not gifted with the best voice in the world, but I know my technique. So that's all cool. But yeah, yeah, so sorry, I'm, I'm waffling. But um, yeah, so day one of graduating, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm, I'm 18, I'm out in the big wide world. It's time to make the band, time to make the band. So I went straight to auditioning. I, I spent weeks and weeks on the internet, going down YouTube and Facebook just to find musicians. I remember a, a guy that was kind of helping me at the time. He was like, oh, I know if we get 20 people at the audition, that, that'll be fine. We'll make the band out of 20 people. And I thought, fuck that. I'm not going to find the people I'm destined to be in a band with out of 20 people. Yeah. So I get 200 people down to a studio for an audition in King's Cross called The Joint. And it was really, really mad because I went down early that morning. The guy that was meant to help me couldn't make it. So I was there all on my own at 18. It was the most organized I'd ever have to be. I made my first Excel spreadsheet of time slots. <laughs> and I walked into the studio to set the room up and thought, oh yeah, I looked at the time, nine o'clock. Okay, I'll go check outside. And all of a sudden there was this line of people that went outside the building. I thought, this is mad. <laughs> like I'm 18 <laughs> and they're all coming here to audition. Like again through theater school, I'd auditioned for a lot of things and had all that. Yeah. And I was like, they're all here auditioning. It was, it was hilarious because, you know, it's it's me. You know, it's it's just me. I'm 18 years old. I don't know anything. It's you know, yeah. you've and as soon as I walked out, because everyone was auditioning for the band, suddenly they all stood up straight. <laughs> you hear them like, oh, that's the guy, that's the guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so who'd, who'd, um, that was actually when I met Dominic Harris. Har What's Youngblood's name? Dominic. Dominic Harris? Harrison? Something I want to say like Harris. Yeah. Yeah, but I met him in that. Right? in it for like a day and his dad owned um i think owned or ran um harry's shop the guitar shop in denmark street so i went there to go hang out in the loft with him and just kind of play songs so he was kind of actually like the first person in it um and then literally the next day i was going back to the studio he just sent me a text saying actually mate i don't think it's for me and uh, i feel bad now because i didn't reply because i was busy and i was a bit like oh fine keep moving on and then years later i'm like oh young blood cool <laughs> like fair wow, play oh that's fun. cool but um yeah and then there was a few other people came and gone but it was, it was a long process i think from that it took two years just to meet callum yeah so how i was, did how did yeah. you meet like was it also for casting process because he's from from manchester area so like yeah. by the time on those auditions I had people coming from ireland and... what yeah, no. people... <laughs> it was really 
I felt, yeah, felt not bad, but I was like, okay, I've got the liver here, make it worth worth their time for them. But um, yes, yeah, so two years on, you know, people coming and going out out of the roster, still looking. And I put up a tweet, which I knew a guy from a boy band that was doing bits at the time. So I said, oh, you know, you got, do you mind retweeting it for me? Which he did. And then someone retweeted that and um, Cal saw the tweet. So then he messaged me on Facebook saying, oh man, I see you're making a band. And I was looking for a singer guitarist at the time. Cal can play guitar. So I replied saying, can you, can you play guitar? He lied and said, yeah, yeah, I can play guitar. <laughs> of course he lied. <laughs> so the band, our first two weeks in the band was rehearsing the songs I'd written at the time and teaching him guitar. So that was really fun. So we spent um, two months in Brighton in a, in a student accommodation we rented out while we were working bar jobs in, in the evenings. So our day times would be filled with teaching guitar and then going with the other members to rehearse the songs and then working our bar jobs. I was working at Walkabout, the Australian sports bar down in Brighton. Great time. Absolute great time. So, yeah, that was all that time. And then obviously more people came and went over the years. And is it 2018 we met Harvey? Mm. That's when Harvey came into it, and I remember we we got offered our first tour with the Hara. But it was all uh, we oh, just that was that was already that tour. Oh, interesting. I think that was early 2018. Could be, yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah, but we just lost the bass player we had at the time, and when we got offered a tour, uh, the Hara's team were like, um, "Oh yeah, yeah, we want you to come and tour." But um, it was on the circumstances that we had a bass player. We could only join. We had our bass player sorted, so we lied and said, "Oh yeah, 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 we've got him, we've got him." Like, we've got to find a bass player. We've got to find a bass player. <laughs> so then, um, found Harvey on Facebook and I met him in um, London. He came into the bar, sixteen. That's <laughs> he a was baby. Play guitar. Play guitar. Oh, I can play guitar. I was like, "Do you mind playing bass? <laughs> we really need a bass." <laughs> so Harvey, and yeah, well, you know the rest. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. That's wow! I had like I had no idea. Like I knew some parts, but I had no idea how like how how the whole process kicked off and stuff. Like that already shows like how much work you put into that. Like it's not just like you know a sidekick kind of situation or like hobby in that sense. Like it's so great to hear that. Like man, I'm just I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you talk to any band out there, any artist, everyone's got their all their own journey, and everyone works really hard. So I've got respect for everyone. But um, right, us as a band, we, we've had so many hurdles down the road where we've probably all had the opportunity to go, you know, we've tried, let's, let's finish here. But for whatever reason, we, we're still going and we're still together. And I think that's partly like, how, how has it lasted so long? And why are we still together after the hardest year ever for musicians to survive? I, 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 I guess we just want it. I guess yeah. we just want it. You know? So we're still together. I know I know who my best men are going to be. You know, I know who my groomsmen at my wedding are going to be. It's, we're all going to be uncles to each other's kids one day, and all that. It's like they're, they're kind of we're stuck in each other's lives now forever. You know, I, I see Callum more as a wife. <laughs> oh my like, god! Yes, he's my, he's my best friend, but we're closer than best friends. You know? Yeah, you are. <laughs> We have that relationship where we're absolutely best friends, but some days we want to throw a punch at each other and somehow we make up again. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like we're best with, with your normal friends. You don't have to ring them up just to check how, how they're doing. Or at least, at least with my friends, you know, we're not ringing each other every day. Just oh, yeah. like, oh, I made feelings the other day. Or it's like, yeah, what you said really hurt my feelings and all that stuff. It's like, you have to be so much more considerate with everyone. And because of that, you get to learn more about everyone. And 
no, I, I know, I now know the things that I do in my personality that can be really annoying for people. I know that because they tell me and vice versa. So it's, it's, it's it goes beyond friendship and it, it's honestly, it's more like having multiple, multiple life partners. You know, I've got two wives. Harvey's still a little bit like a little brother too. Two wives. <laughs> yeah, Harvey's still like a little brother. But I guess that's just the age. I'm six years older than him. And mm. I love him and respect him. But there's just always that part of like, you know, he, he's 19. I'm 25. You know, Gosh, I'll, whenever, like whenever <laughs> you remind me how young he is, I'm just like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. I still I still correct his grammar all the time and he hates it. Uh, I don't know why he just is is he's literally the little brother out of the out of the three of us so he naturally gets the most stick and it's funny because now he just expects sarcasm from me all the time so now when I give him a compliment he's kind of like waiting for the punchline he was like are you being a dick I was like, oh, I'm not being a dick all the time like I mean it well done <laughs> like, that was really good he always assumes I'm doing something so it's a good relationship but yeah we're, we're so so close mm. over the years so so I feel like that was a massive massive rant from the initial question no, I love it because, like, this is what usually happens. I kick it off with a few questions, and then we just like thing. Yeah. Coming to the next question, what's the greatest thing for you about making music or like playing music live? Oh, what is what is? I tried to think about this earlier. What, um, you know what? I'm the worst person ever for being really, really harsh when I don't think the show went as good as it can. Whether someone plays the wrong note. Or if I play the wrong note, I, I've been backstage before, like sitting on the stairwell in, in deep depression, eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and the promoters be like, oh, good. And I'm like, no, it wasn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think the crowd noticed. I was just like, so for, for me personally, it's when everything goes right, when we played it really well, when everything was sung really well, when everyone performed it really well, when the crowd loved it. It's just, I, I know, it's probably different for everyone, but for me, it's just being able to hold your head up high and go, "Yeah, we played a great show." And for me, that's that's rewarding. I like that. That's the weird thing when when, when I feel like we've not performed our best, I'm super super down and hard on myself. When we've played really well, I'm not super high. I'm just like, "Yeah, cool, cool." <laughs> I, I have no kind of let's go open a bottle of champagne <laughs> like mm -hmm. mood. I'm just like, "Cool, all right, go home now. <laughs> have a nice day." <laughs> I can sleep yeah. easy. So yeah, that's for me. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's also like a good way to, to like be humble, you know, because like a giant success or like very like, is this, is this a fact that sometimes people get when like, you know, they had a very good show or like very good event or like this high kick moment. And then it's sometimes like I, I, similar feeling what I remember is like when I went to conventions and like comic cons, like you get this like, you have like this whole weekend of like meeting so many people, everything is great. Like you're super like hyper and like everything is great. And then you come home and you're like, what am I gonna do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's kind of like, sometimes artists have that when they like, you know, they are in this kind of like headspace of like super hyper after a show or something like that. But it, I think it's nice to have, to see that you're like humble in that way and like still like, appreciate what you did or like it was great but like at the end of the day you're very human to that which i think is very nice oh no we i mean it's, it probably sounds like the least humble thing to say but we're very humble guys and <laughs> as artists there's you've, you've always got massive insecurities and you go through 
it's con- I mean, it's, it's an overused phrase saying it's a roller coaster, but you do go through a roller coaster. I mean, I can think of everything we've ever recorded and released. At some point, we were like, "This is the best piece of music music that's ever been made." You know, hearing it in the studio for the first time, like, "This is amazing." And then weeks later, we're like, "This is so shit. What are we gonna do?" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh no, what are we and you just go through natural cycles all the time of like, wait, I mean, even even now, like this last year, we've started working with more people, which are better than us you know mm-hmm. it's like guitarists that are better than me and i, I know i'm a good guitarist i I'm, I'm very proud of my guitar abilities but there's always someone better so whenever you meet people like that it's such a kick to your heart i'm just like oh. it's like i'm so crap I'm not <laughs> but it's you know it's the attitude you want to approach you with i'm like okay this guy's better than me at what i do i can either go home and eat my ben and jerry's or i can ask him i can say you know things I don't know. Can you please teach me? And it's all about that. That attitude will constantly make you better. And I, I don't. I think the best actors and best musicians in the world haven't stopped having lessons. I remember hearing Sylvester Stallone, the guy who plays Rocky, still gets acting lessons. He got nominated for best supporting actor with Creed, and he's in his sixties or seventies. He still gets yeah. acting lessons. I don't think you can ever stop improving. I spent one, one productive thing I did do through lockdown was I went and got. Um, singing lessons with this guy who's amazing he's had an amazing career um i don't think we would i don't think like people our age would know him but all our parents would know him from tv Mm. and stuff what amazing lessons and out of the three of us i'm the guy that does the least amount of singing you know (coughs) i am not the guy that needs to go out and sing lessons because it's not required of me but if i can be better i want to be I want to be better. And even if it's just me doing backing vocals, I want to be the, okay, I'm the backing vocalist. Well, I'm going to try and be the best backing vocalist of all fucking time. That is my aspiration. I won't achieve it, but as long as you're aiming for it, that's, I guess that's the meaning of pursuing art, isn't it? It's like, we, we never fully achieve what we, we set out to go to, but it's the pursuit that's, that's meaningful. And as long as you feel like you're trying, then you're trying. I forgot what the question was. I'm such a rambler. <laughs> It's okay. I think my question was just like, what's the best thing for you to perform and stuff? Like, to be honest, like I think you kind of wrap that up, like with the the way you see things and stuff. And I like I can so agree on the part like never stop learning. Like I'm about to become like a bigger published author and stuff, but that doesn't mean I don't like I don't stop taking like you know advice from like other authors or like writer talks and stuff. Like there are so many great authors out there and like not even with like big names but just in general where you can like take advice from. And I think this is also a very healthy mindset because like in a world of competition where everyone is like kind of like driven with a more toxic mindset. Build bridges and not walls because we need to support each other. Like artists supporting artists is so essential. And especially when you're someone that has a lot of experience, like, you know, just share it with people. And like, like you, we started somewhere from scratch one day. So like other people will, and then we learn from each other. And at the same time, like, um, yeah, I'm just kind of like done with like, you know, all this elite behavior and stuff like, like there's no need for it. So many people, you, you meet so many different types of people, like artists and bands and everything. And I've, I've got at least one good word to say about everyone I've ever met. Um, yeah. I'm like, I, I kind of try to focus on the best of everything, but you do, you do meet people along the way that are quite, um, I think it's a habit with some people in the industry where everyone's quite protective of what they've got. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got contacts that you don't or information, they don't want to share it, you know, because yeah. they edge ahead. And then other people are just very, you know, I'm, I'm the worst. You ask me anything, 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell. I'm, I'm overly generous <laughs> in a lot of things, but um, no, even it's kind of like like you say, you're always kind of looking above you and seeing people that are doing better than you. And I kind of, I, I remember stressful conversations we've had as offshore, kind of like, oh, we need, you know, we need to grow more. We need to get more more followers on social media. We need to get more streams. We need to get more fans. And I stop and think. I remember the first year of being in a band when we were looking at people above us when we had no followers and being like, oh God, I wish we had a hundred followers. Oh, I wish we had a thousand followers. And now we're, you know, we're up, we're up in the thousands of followers and there's always people with more that we're looking at. But mm-hmm. along that journey, you forget now there's people starting out that are looking at you now as the guys with all the followers and you are the guys that can sell a lot of tickets at a tour. And it's like, oh shit, yeah. You know, you, f- you forget how, what you have done. And I, I, I feel really, really humbled and you know whenever i meet younger people than me that are now starting out and kind of weirdly perceive us in the way we perceived the people who are above us uh whenever they come and ask questions or for advice i feel extremely humbled by it because i, I remember what it's like to be in that position and i know what it's like to be in my position now so whenever i've met young even um, when we were doing all the school tours we meet so many kids at school that just started to learn guitar and it took me back because I remember being 12 and 14 at school, looking at bands, wanting to be in a band. I was just like, you're me. You're me a few mm. years back. And I wished there was a guy in a band that was, you know, all the guys I thought were really cool. I wish someone had took the time to just sit down with me and give me all the time and talk to me about it and encourage me. So I did, I did that every time. I've got so many people that, you know, message me from the schools and tours where like, any time anyone that follows us says, I want to do music, I'm like, great, okay, ask me anything. I'll give you all the information I can. I'll give you all the support and advice because you, it's it's a hard enough industry as it is without us being dicks to each other, mm. you know? And we're all aiming for the same thing. I think it means just as much to you as it does everyone. So whatever you can give to people, let's just, let's just make it easier and nicer for each other because it's, it's horrible enough as it is, you know? There's no need for any more. So anyone, that list, anyone that's listening wants advice, you know? I'm not a massively successful guy, but I know a bit. I know a bit. So, I'm, I'm still processing that you did ballet because I didn't know that. So. <laughs> it comes up every now and then. I was actually teaching Callum some in his living room last week. Mm, <laughs> nice, nice. I was like, no, your playing is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I am not a great ballet dancer. I am yeah. not. But I know. Weirdly, I, I know what to do, right? I just can't do it. Same yeah. as singing. <laughs> Same with singing. I don't have the best voice in the world, but I know the technique. Mm-hmm. So I know I know what I'm meant to do, even if I can't always execute it because these things are hard. But yeah, no, ballet. My favourite was actually contemporary, contemporary dance. I had fun with it. Like, I have started with contemporary this year because like biggest thing I do is like freestyle dancing. And like at some point I got like with my freestyle, I just realised yeah, you're not emotional enough for expression of your body. So I was just like, so let's do some contemporary lessons then. And yeah. it's just, it's a different, different language when it comes to dance, like how people express themselves. Like I'm, I'm still so much of a beginner and like, especially when I'm, uh, because I have a lot of thoughts in my mind and to just like, kind of like stop your mind and just do the dancing. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. You know, I've, I've not done it properly in so long, but I did really enjoy it because, like you say, you just you just get to free your mind up, and if if you if you commit to it, it's so fun. It's yeah. so fun. 
especially when you start to notice improving it's just like you know like going into those schools as i play guitar five years later it's like i can dance mm. no <laughs> like, I, I i will say that i never got any better than um my first week with tap dancing because my mum did the classic mum thing of buying shoes that were too big for me thinking i'll grow into them <laughs> turns out you need quite tight tap dancing so, so i was always like flippers like <laughs> <laughs> never got better with that but contemporary that was jazz all that stuff that that was fun i did enjoy that yeah coming back to another question um what artists would you like to work with is there anyone out there anyone <laughs> <laughs> or too many <laughs> I, I was i was talking obviously like everyone knows that like, my favorite band is mcfly so obviously that but now with the kind of route we're going down I don't really, I don't really know. I spoke to a guy recently where he was like, oh, you should try working with McFly. And I was like, one, I should try. Well, I, yeah. It <laughs> like, <laughs> hasn't crossed my mind, mate. <laughs> like, no, I can't just bring him, <laughs> obviously. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm at, I'm at a new place in life and my understanding of the music industry with the music we're doing. And it's, I've got to work, I've got to work with the people that know what I know but better. Mm. that makes any sense so i mean i'm really fortunate now i'm living in this um shared house down in um essex on the seafront and my neighbor is an incredible songwriter mm. who certain he's working with all sorts he he told me he was on a, a zoom call with jess glenn last night so he he knows he knows shit i don't know mm. and we've always got on really really well and then just uh, as of covid like he needed a place to live i'm like oh We've got a room that's just freed up so now he's right next door to me we hang out all the time and so now i'm in a position where i'm writing new songs for us i show it to him and he shows me how to make it better my goodness that's amazing i mean he, he's doing amazing I'm, I'm i'm just here you know i'm just yeah. still i'm bedroom i'm fortunate that i've got a friend like that who's right there and like i was saying don't be afraid to work with people that are better than you because yeah they, they will make you better don't yeah. go from it was like oh well they're better than me well fuck them <laughs> like good yeah like no like be humble be willing to admit that you can be better than you can be than you are and um what's that which is sorry i just had callum we're on a facetime call because <laughs> <laughs> like i'm missing a band facetime call <laughs> right now well this is more important obviously <laughs> it is. It is. I stand by my consistency. you can you no, can no, tell no. him that yeah, you can tell him that it's my fault. I'm okay with that. Um, oh, no. It's cool. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, what's... Uh, no, coming back to another question. Uh, what's the song that you're most proud of from the songs that you've written? I don't know. I don't know. Again, <laughs> you get to that point where every, at the start of everything, you think everything's great, and then as time goes on, you beat yourself up about it and go, no, it's not good enough. Um, what am I really proud of? Um very proud of aquarium on our last mm, yeah sound on that ep came out was great but as a song i'm very proud of the lyrics and it was, it was one of those songs where it was like i didn't know if the guys were gonna like it and i showed it to cal and he was like yeah if, if, if the band likes it if the band if you write a song the band generally loves a song then that's great for me <laughs> like i took with the new stuff we were doing i struggled so much for the last few months of trying to write in the style that we're doing now and I, I took so long, I was beating myself up so much about it. And I finally one day had an idea, wrote it down and I sent it to Callum. And I literally, I was, I was sat there rocking, rocking back and forth, you know, having a drink of whiskey. Just like, 
please. Came back and was like, mate, I fucking love it. Hallelujah. I cracked a beer open. Oh, what a day. Mm. What a day. Cow liked my song. That's all I need. Um, yeah, but uh, songs were put out there. Uh, Melting's not, in my mind, the best song we've ever written, but the fact that people seem to like it so much, proud of that. Um, I don't know, but again, it's hard to say. You always move on. You're always looking at the new stuff you're doing and always trying to be better. So I don't think I've, I've I don't think we've had enough music out yet where I can sit back and go, yeah, that was my favourite one because mm-hmm. I'm always trying to write better. There's always yeah. Better. So that's my long-winded answer to that mm-hmm. question. Yeah. To be honest, like it would be hard for me to pick one of your songs as well. Like I think the hardest one that hit me was Rack. Because when at that time where it came out, it kind of like fit into something that I was going through. Um, but yeah, it's like because what I also like because for example, melting works wonderfully when it comes to like acoustic and stuff. And it's just I think the the magic about melting is just this thing of it's just so honest in my opinion. Like it's just honest. Like when you when you guys perform that, it's just it speaks honest. And I think songs that really speak honest that that's just what touches people and like that's how the message gets delivered like because obviously everyone kind of like can can easily write a pop song these days you know like in a sense of like that that's what the the, the mass would like the, the mass media and the radios and stuff but to have these more independent songs in that sense i just oh man yeah i miss your shows <laughs> that's the baseline of this probably recency and in a way i feel like it's kind of us being indulgent in a secret little modest way where it's like, you know, we're not the type of guys that will treat Twitter like our personal diaries. And mm. we don't we don't tweet or put out there what we've got going on in our personal lives. But mm. weirdly, the, the songs are kind of our little way of going, this is what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like this version of therapy. So yeah. even like, you know, I write a lot of songs, but Cal writes a lot of stuff as well. And it's all very... Uh, it's all very there's very few songs that i guess are more like conceptual things like made in california as a song we don't actually know anyone called shona from california you know (laughs) (laughs) who goes around grabbing our asses at parties like that's just a (laughs) story like you know like ocean devotion sounds really funny it's it's about really missing someone in a long distance relationship so this is why he, he, I love the song so much and has a, a yeah fan fact to the listeners I have this as tattoo and like it relates a lot to like for me it's the reason why I got this tattoo let's get personal with me for a second <laughs> um <laughs> it's actually because like uh when I heard the lyrics it really hit close to home because like when I grew up in Hamburg and like the, the seaside like my family always took me to the seaside and like I listened to that song and I was like Okay, I need this as the two. You know, I, was, I, I don't know if it's every, everyone's um, mindset in writing, but I always thought about, even from like day one of writing lyrics, I, it was a tip I got from theatre school. Um, my old head of drama he gave me this great advice, and he said, um, when if, it's, if you're in a musical or a play and you're giving a performance, and if you want the crowd to cry, if there's something really tragic that's just happened to the character and they just go oh no this is so terrible look what's happened to me apparently naturally as british people we go well fuck you i've got problems too (laughs) but but if something really horrible happened and when it's you can see someone that's trying to hold it in and they're trying to put on that smile but the lip just shakes or that one tear just comes down it's like the facade they're trying to 
make breaks for a moment and that's that's so much more heartbreaking to see and that's what we respond to more so i kind of try to take that into songwriting think okay let's put it in a major key so it sounds happy let's put a fun tempo on it so it feels fun but if you were just to look at these lyrics Mm. oh shit it's quite sad (laughs) like yeah right like yeah so i'm trying to think of a song we wrote that probably just made in california and ice cream forget what was that now she knows yeah those songs are more conceptual but i mean fake news the fake news ep was for sure our kind of puberty as a band when we're going through our teenage rebellious stage and we've been through a lot of shit and we're just like right here's all our angst <laughs> like, <laughs> to 11, like here's all the angst but um yeah we, we hide a lot of very depressing messages in very happy sounding songs <laughs> and i think that's kind of true as well with the new stuff when i think about it it's, yeah you'll see you'll see i'm excited i'm excited thank okay. you um what's a message that you want to express with your music a message I want to express with music. It's a hard one. I always think of every song as its own message. Um, message for songs. I should have thought about this before. Hang on, never think about it. I guess, again, like I said earlier, when someone comes up to us and says, oh, I love this song you wrote for this reason, then it made me feel this way. And that's the most rewarding thing. It's rewarding because they got the message that they're not alone in whatever experience it is, whether it's your heart broken or Shona from California is going around grabbing your ass at a house party. You know, it's like, we've all been through it. You know, we're, we're all in it together type of thing. It's just that, it's that, just that little way of going, hey, you're not alone. You know, we're, we're all feeling it. You know, we all try to put on the smiles at the times we we're feeling saddest. And some days, you know, you just want to be at the beach cracking open a Corona and having a good time. So that's, that's kind of, yeah, I guess that's what our concept as a band is. We all want to be at the beach having a good time, and sometimes we just want to have a cry. Weirdly, that's offshore in, in a way. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a good balance. It's a good balance. Yeah. Thank um you, you already mentioned that you're working on new music. Is there anything that you can reveal so far? No. <laughs> Not at all. It, it Damn was, it. <laughs> it's on, it, honestly, it's been such a, a lockdown was so good for, I mean, lockdown the pandemic it's the hardest time in history for musicians it's way harder for everyone else on personal personal places where people have lost family members don't get me wrong it's it's not all boohoo musicians in the grand scheme of things but to be pursuing a career as an artist in anything but particularly music you know venues are gone all that stuff seeing how it's all working and now shifting and changing from the inside is really interesting but I, i think it did us wonders as a band because i really feel like um i think we all did I think the week before the first lockdown got announced, we we had a meeting with the three of us. And I think we were at a place where we were all so fatigued and tired emotionally and physically from everything we'd been doing and just going hardcore so much. You know, like we, we were so tired and just so exhausted. I think we were at that point where we were probably quite vulnerable, where it's like, are we going to keep going? Mm. You know, it was quite fragile at that time. And then lockdown forced us to have our first break forever, like, my first break since I was 12, if you want, you know, and yeah. for everyone, every, every time at that point, I just, like, I just need some time, but you feel guilty about it because one, it's work ethic, you know, you've got to keep going and yeah. you know, everyone else has come into it. So you can't give yourself a break because they're trying. So it's our first time to just kind of sit back, take a breath and get some perspective and have a break from each other as well, which was 
sounds sounds bad, but it was nice. You know, your first breathing space. And then you were, I was like, oh yeah, I do really appreciate them. You know, like, I, I I appreciate Harvey and Cal being in my life so much. I've got so much love and respect for both of them. And with having that, you know, it's it's like brother brothers and sisters. You spend all your time together and you love it, but there's always you know it's like you, you can kind of take each other for granted after a while. But the moment one of them moves out, suddenly it's like oh, I really miss them. So we got a chance to have perspective on what we were doing. And then so many, when everyone was kind of ready, so many creative discussions and conversations, what we were going to do. And then there was one idea which we were really committed to and lots of songs were being written for that. And then through that process, a new idea came, which just threw everything out of the window. So I feel like everything I I wrote over 2020 got put in the bin. (laughs) It was like, okay, I read all this stuff. Not happening now. But um, now that's led us down this one avenue where we're like, okay, with all our experience, like I said at the start of the video, all, all of our failures to learn from, we finally feel like we're in a place now where it's like, okay, we kind of actually say it hum- like cautiously, modestly, but we kind of know what we're doing now, which is cool. There's no more second guessing. And also with lockdown and the way things are, it offers us an opportunity to really focus on one thing at a time. Whereas before it's like, okay, start recording an EP. But we've got to go do that tour. Okay, let's go do a tour. We've got, okay, let's go back and finish EP. But now there's a school tour and there's Instagram and there's live streams. And it's just like, it's so sporadic. And we were always chasing our tails to get things done. We set a deadline, it gets late and it's, you know, it compromises the quality of things. But now it's just like, cool, okay. No one's, no one's expecting anything from us now. So we can take our time and make sure it's really, really good and make sure it's as good as it needs to be. So I can't tell you what it's going to be like but my hopes is it's going to be the best, the best we've ever done. And that every conversation we've had where it's been like artwork or photo shoot or music videos or stuff like there's now no point in doing it unless it's going to be better than we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. That has been the guide with everything we're doing now, you know, taking the time to make sure it's, yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to do it either if the idea wasn't to do better than we've ever done or, people have heard from us before like my hope when that all starts and starts coming out everyone that knows us is going to go fuck cool <laughs> you know so that that's my answer thank you thank you cool cool wow wow yeah i'm like from what you just said like i have a good feeling about this like um... don't get fingers crossed you know it is fingers crossed we, we can still fuck up along the way never <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're somehow still here and it's because of each other at the end of the day what did you say like because when was the first time i saw you guys 2018 i believe yep. like and it's been so it's four years now and like in these four years getting to know you guys it's just like you can really see that this is working so well in a sense because you guys always had each other and like there's just a different kind of like trust level there, which is amazing. Cause like, I think especially, and um, on that note, I can relate to, cause uh, when it comes to my creative team for the book stuff and like my personal assistant, my manager and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, I had days, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing to see that you have that kind of brotherhood or just bond in general. And like, I think you also portray, portray that very well when you're like on stage and stuff. Like, as you said, like you said before, but I can like, this is my standpoint. <laughs> this is not just us speaking. Um, they are very humble guys. Like, um, it's just, yeah. And especially like, cause when I came to the UK from Germany, like we also have like smaller bands in Germany, but like the the whole gig culture in, U- in the UK is just different. And like, it was just so nice to, 
it might also be because I'm just that person. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if I want to know things, I just ask people, and like, I'm just curious to like get to know the people behind their art better and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just like you, you always um, appreciated the friends. Like, you always took the time to like, you know, uh, do your best as you can. Like, uh, yeah, just thank you guys. That's no. that's my point. Like you said, we, we we really do appreciate the fans and every opportunity we get to show that and express what we want to because we're, you know, like I said, we, it's, it's hard. It's hard for sure, but we're getting to live our dream. And I know a lot of people say, it's like, oh, we couldn't do it without you. And it sounds like a but it's true, completely true. Yeah. How, how would Offshore be a thing if no one came to watch? Yeah. You know, everything we've been able to do at this point, would it, it, couldn't, it couldn't happen without people appreciating seeing it and wanting to hear it and wanting to see it so we, we're here because of all of you guys you know and we're going to carry on being here because of all of you guys and that's the aim like so many bands come and go over the years you know they get together some of them aren't together that long or they are for a while and then they go it would break my heart to be honest if we, if we were that especially knowing how much people have invested emotionally in their time into us I, as, as much as i don't want to let myself down and the other guys i we don't want to let the bands down either you know yeah and again about to do next a lot of it we talk about doing is we've got a, another thought process is we have to justify to the fans that all their effort and all their investment is worth it you know make it worthwhile for them as well not just for our sakes and career sake so we we try to put the fans at the forefront of every thought process we have yeah, I think like, you know, you, you've been like in all these four years, <laughs> while we're getting old. <laughs> um, you've done an amazing job because like, I think uh, it's kind of dives into the topic that we spoke before, like you've been always very approachable. And I think that's very, like, nice. Like, I mean, especially when you're like, in a smaller circle or like whatever circle you are i think it's always great to be approachable to the people like even if it's just you know like answering a tweet or dm or reacting to a picture or whatever it is like that always felt very like nice with you guys and not just like oh we're banned we can't talk to you like that kind of stuff because it happens i've seen it before with artists <laughs> also in the same scene i'm not gonna say any names but it happens <laughs> um so it's just very nice no, nice. you're right. not perfect. We don't reply to everything, <laughs> you know, but yeah. we are do. We do have stuff to do. Yeah. Um, and also, I think if we, if we did it too much, it wouldn't be special. To be on, like, to, to be honest, it's also this thing of like, at the end of the day, you're still human and you also have a life. Like, it shouldn't be that thing. Like, why aren't you answering me? Like, because I also have work. I need to pay rent. I need to do this. Like, um. So it's just like. It's it, like especially when you're an artist, like it's also very healthy to like kind of like um, balance it out, like that time that you need on social media, and then also that time outside of social media. Because if we would just spend all day on social social media, just constantly connecting with people, that yeah. also like we, we wouldn't be making art, you know. Like I wouldn't write my books, he wouldn't do the music. So <laughs> um, uh, it's currently on my to-do list right now, looking at the offshore and my personal DMs. I was like, I'm going to reply to all of those at some point, but I'm going to reply to all of them. So I was like, okay, I need to find the time in the day. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and most often as well, it's not just one reply because you reply once, someone wants to have a conversation. And that's why I tend to not reply all the time because I don't want to start a conversation unless I can commit to having the conversation and finish yeah. it. Or give someone one message, they reply and then they're waiting for me again. Yeah. 
that's why I try to make the conversations worthwhile and yeah. uh, it's a fair share. Yeah, nice. Thank you so much. Uh, we're coming to the last question. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to express uh, when it comes to music, like any advice, anything that you still want to say? Uh, I just think there should be more music for dinosaurs out there. They, they don't <laughs> You know, we're all about representation these days, but where are the dinosaurs, man, you know? But nah, no, <laughs> not that at all. Um, just be nice to each other, guys. And I don't say that as a comment on anything with experiences offshore. Just, you know, it's, it's been a big year on social media in 2020. And I, I, I think everyone, whether it's band fandoms or outside of that, can just, can just benefit from being nicer to each other. You know, a bit more love out there. That probably sounds like a really generic peace man answer, but I, I believe, I, I do really believe that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, guys, be kind. It's not that hard. It's it's really not that hard to be nice and like. Uh, in the words of Harry Styles, treat people with kindness. Yes. Yeah. If you're a directioner, you get what we say. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for answering all these questions. We're moving on to the section called The Total Truth, where my guest has the chance to say up to three truths. Doesn't have to be connected to the topic we just discussed, can be anything, and I can't do like I can't do anything about it. I just have to sit and listen. Okay. Oh, okay. Truth number one. McFly is the most underrated British band of all time. <laughs> number two. Um the last jedi is the best star wars movie made since empire strikes back <laughs> i'll wait for youtube to attack me before it goes <laughs> i love it i think it's so good not perfect but there's a lot to take out of it i feel like a lot of people that want to listen to this will not care about my opinion on the last jedi at all uh i feel like you've got an opinion do you, do you want to you want to come back at me lola I can't say anything. <laughs> I just have to laugh because we like somewhat like there's an episode where we talked about Marvel and stuff where Star Wars also came up and this was kind of like ditching into this topic of being the best, like being a good Marvel movie and stuff. So yeah, you know that's truths on on my third truth. Talking about the last shit, I kind of brought me on to. It. I, we we now lit. Uh, one of my least favorite things to do is going on YouTube because I love movies, you know, mm. I love films, I love music. And especially when you see a lot with bands, when they mix it up sound wise for albums, everything, every film or every new album is either the best of all time or it's the worst of all time. What, what happened to the culture where things were good? I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was good. It's like, oh, what am I trying to make? like, yeah, Last Jedi. It's the worst Star Wars movie of all time. It's the best Star Wars movie of all time. It's a good movie. It's a good Star Wars movie. Is it the worst movie ever made? No. There's bad movies out there. Last Jedi's better than that. Without a doubt. Is it the best movie of all time? No. You know, where it's uh, McFly's new album. It's the best. It's the worst. It's just like, just appreciate things, guys. Not everything is awful and you have to hate it and cancel people because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. Or that's no reflection on offshore, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's my truth. I just miss appreciating things for what they are, I guess. If that makes any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And thank you so much. Like, <laughs> it, Even though what, I can't say anything about it, but it's like the last opinion kind of scratched into my personal fight against cancel culture. <laughs> do, you, do you have a personal fight against cancel culture? 
Yeah, because I think it's just what like I don't like I don't know when it started. Like it's definitely like it can't. It, I guess it's kind of this age between like Generation Y and Z when it kind of like blew up, where people just started canceling people by the first things someone said. Like it, it's what's, just sorry. What's Generation Y and no Z? Oh, uh, it's millennials. Like so, it's, oh, they are that... yeah. So uh, we are millennials. Um, what? what? sorry what year were you born 95 oh me too (laughs) wait you're a cancer right that means i'm older because i'm a gemini oh my goodness (laughs) okay so glad we sorted that (laughs) yeah um but yeah cancer culture uh yeah it's just this weird thing of like people just get so aggressive on the internet about things and like oh, you can't say that, or, like, you shouldn't have said that. And it's, like, people just attack people without, like, looking further into it or, like, just cancelling people by something they said on the interview or, like... I mean, obviously, like, like if someone is incredibly, like, damaging and harming people, like a certain president that is not president anymore, um, that's a different kind of thing where you can, like, cancel people. But this whole thing of, like, oh, this is shit, I'm not going to listen to them anymore, or um, they shouldn't have done that, like, this is shit. Or, like, it's also this whole thing where people start criticizing TV shows. But, and like, I find it so hard to just, like, cancel a TV show for just one thing only because there's so much more to it. Hey, like, uh, the last Game of Thrones season, didn't like it, cancelled. For well, one, it's the last season anyway, so cancelling is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It really. I mean, but, Game of Thrones is another topic, but <laughs> it, it, that, it dives into that. So, here's, here's what I'm saying. Culture one, it's got its place. Don't get me wrong. Holding people accountable and challenging them when they've said something offensive or wrong. But it's um, again, I, I was saying, be kind to each other. When when we approach everything with anger and hatred and all this toxicity, it's like you know, we're not really solving a problem. It's like we, we need to be back in an environment when we can have open discussions about things and treat it with you know, treat it with kindness. You know, the the less aggressive I can approach approach someone that has a different opinion to me, the more likely we're going to have a dialogue with each other where we actually reach a conclusion where either I learn from that person or that person learns from me. If I just go, you don't agree with me, so fuck you, you're cancelled. What have we gained? Nothing. You know. Yeah. So again, nothing wrong with cancelling people, but I think there needs to be some room for accepting people can change. And I know I, I know I I'm I'm different to when I was when I was thirteen. I got on Twitter when I was two thousand eleven. I'm pretty confident I never said anything bad on Twitter. I'm, I'm quite proud of that. I've always had a lot of the same I'm a very left wing guy, so I don't think I'm too much risk of being in trouble. But um I've I've seen it before where people even my age or older are being held accountable for things they said online ten years ago. Mm. And they've been the first person to go, yeah, you know what, what I said was stupid and I've changed it. It's like, well, no, you cancelled anyway. It's like people as far as, you know, I'm, I'm not going to knock Gen Z, you know, because I was that age too. I've got nothing against Gen Z or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was like, no, however old those people are now, in 10 years time, see if you didn't make any mistakes, you know. Exactly. We all make, we all make mistakes, especially in our teens. And that's the time where we, we learn from it when we grow and we change. So if anyone said, anything stupid in their teen years online don't beat them up for it you know as long as they change and they go yeah it was like i did lots of stupid shit when i was 10 <laughs> you know <laughs> yes. i i yeah. know I'm not, 
throw stones at the at the window at school anymore. I did that when I was 13. That was a bad idea. I realise that now. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah get, allow room for people to change. And I also think cancel culture, we need to develop, we need to be able to develop our social skills to deal with people that have opposing opinions to us other than just cancelling them. Because guess what? Yeah. When you go to the pub, you're probably going to hear some things that aren't that PC, you know? British pub culture, not everyone's that PC. <laughs> guess what? When you're actually faced with it in person, and it's a real person there in front of you, you can't block them. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go on Twitter and cancel them and build up this rampage. It's like They're right there. They're a real person. You can't mute them in real life. So you need to be able to find a... You need to develop coping mechanisms of how to treat yeah. that because not everyone's online you know you yeah. when you go out jobs and all that stuff they're there and those coping mechanisms aren't going to help you so the more yeah the more willing we are to have the more the more willing we are to have conversations with people that don't agree with us and have a, a calm conversation about it the more likely we are to actually reach a conclusion with each other and learn from one another rather than going fuck you block so that's my thought that's my thought <laughs> preach like you heard of cancel culture like that's literally <laughs> what i'm thinking as well if cancel culture is listening don't be offended because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not having a go at you you know you certainly got your place and we're, we're we are within our right to not agree with things and be offended by things just calm down a bit you know just calm down a bit because we're not it's not it's not leading us anywhere that's productive or positive you know, just like, if you don't agree with something, that's cool. Just take a breath and let's have a dialogue so we can all understand each other. And then we might hopefully one day reach a destination where we're all, we're all chill. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but I just got a, a horrible feeling. I said something there that will be misconstrued and it'll take. Honestly, <laughs> if you feel like if anything that Jisper has said has upset you, you can like directly answer to me and sort this out because yeah this is uh, like the the platform of Gigi and Sanji is to exactly like speak about these things because I feel like even though like a couple of other people have said it before like people constantly like talk about it it needs to be heard more like these things just need to be out there because we still have so much work to do in in all kinds of forms you know and in a society that is still very like um to a certain extent small-minded so it's really important that we learn from each other and like yeah just not just cancel anyone but the first also this it's this thing just because you see someone tweeting or like posting a picture or whatever you don't know the story behind it like you get to see like a 20 second instagram story or whatever but you don't like you don't always know the full story and like just think about that for a second before you like want to attack someone or like the way just the way you approach someone like there's nothing wrong with having discussions and being critical but just don't be a dick <laughs> yeah you know what lola just to point as well i'm not perfect i'm mm. i'm one of the worst people when someone throws like happened yesterday someone threw some shade at the band on twitter i feel like we're working really hard my fun started doing the talking for me i didn't mm -hmm. take my breath <laughs> i didn't yeah. take my breath i engaged in a, in a rage fuel conversation so i i've I've got to get to that place too, you know. I'm not saying I can do it. Don't. It was like, no, it's like said, it's all about as long as we're striving for it, and I'm striving for it myself. And I hope one day I do reach that place where every time I come across something I don't agree with, I don't go, you know, got to be calm, got to be calm. Let's have a conversation. I'm not perfect myself, so that's all I'm saying. You know, that's just yeah. what we've got to strive for. 
and uh, yeah yeah thank you so much uh for sharing this i yeah yeah this episode just gets better and better <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> which is amazing okay we're moving on to quickfire questions oh cool um right uh concert or festival concert mm -hmm. Geek during the day or geek during the night? Both. Is <laughs> it gig or geek? Yeah, geek during the day. So like having a concert during the day or like at the day oh. and the, or at night. I've got thoughts on it, but it's quick round, so I'll just say night. Mm. Mm. Seaside or mountains? I think I have the answer, but... <laughs> Seaside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I'm not cancelling mountains, you know, they're, they're fantastic. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Writing music or playing music? Product. Um, writing can be less stressful. So I'll go with writing. Mm, that's a fair point. Peanut butter or chocolate? Peanut butter. Good. I Marvel do. or Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know that's a tough one. Like my Star, like Star Wars is my my rule. You know everything. Star Wars is is it today? <laughs> Jedi or Sith? Jedi. Very established that Sith are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Happy songs or sad songs? Ooh. I'm going to go with sad songs. I've got, I've got a little, yeah, sad songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can only handle some in a day, you know? Yeah. Last question. You can pick five artists to create your own music festival. Well, who would it be and why? My own <laughs> personal enjoyment. <clears throat> Actually, no, I'm going to go with the most random lineup ever. I'm going to go with um, Cher, the singer Cher. Followed by Slipknot. <laughs> the combination. Then uh, the Bee Gees. Yeah, Slipknot into Bee Gees. Um, then I'm going to go with... Uh, Elton John. Mm. And then the ultimate headline is going to be DJ Khaled. Nice. But all his speeches come on with every song. So all he headlines, but every song he just goes, DJ Khaled, 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 Khaled. And then, nice. yeah, Rihanna does all the rest. That's my idea. Nice. <laughs> he just does where he's like adjusting his trousers. Just stands up, <laughs> says his name, does his little adjusting the trouser dance. DJ Khaled. There you go. Nice, nice. Okay, Coolio, we're having the last section for today, which is worst and best zodiac sign. Oh, best. Um, I want to give a shout out to Cancerians, my fellow Cancerians. We're not perfect, but we're very good at talking about our feelings, even when people don't want us to. It's very hard for us to hide our feelings. Um, yeah. No offense. I know you're a Gemini, but I'm going to say Gemini. Oh, what? <laughs> you were lovely. You were lovely, Lola. Don't get me wrong. But um, I've dated a few Geminis. Oh, I see. I've not, I've not enjoyed it. It's always been a bit. Isn't yeah. Harvey a Gemini as well? Like, isn't he? Yeah, but I've not dated Harvey. So, <laughs> I mean, never say never, but <laughs> uh, yeah, me and Harvey, we haven't crossed that road with each other yet. 
Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why it works. Yeah. 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 No, to be honest, I have this theory that the zodiacs that are coming after our birthdays and the ones before are the ones that we don't really get along with, which kind of makes sense because like Gemini is before and then the one after you is Leo, I believe. Which is cow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is great. <laughs> um, relationships, the three of us. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for being here today with me. It's been absolute like ha ah, man. I say this after every episode when I have guests. I love this episode. <laughs> um, but it's been super but, nice to yeah. catch I'm, up, have sorry. this chat. No, and yeah, I'm, just I'm, your insights. Asking me to be here. I, I, as soon as you asked, I wanted to jump at the opportunity. Uh, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. It's my first one. So the lead up to this, I was like, oh, what if I fuck it up? What if I fuck it up? <laughs> like, I should have prepared my answers. I knew I should have done that, but then I ended up doing a Pokemon raid on Pokemon Go. Um, but yeah, if anyone's made it this long listening to me waffle and chat and you've enjoyed it, thank you. If you zoned out halfway through, I don't blame you. But please do come back for another one of Lola's podcasts because she is fabulous. Um, mm. My favourite Gemini I've ever met, Harvey Seth. <laughs> and if you find this uh, where we have a, a heated debate about The Last Jedi, let's do it. Uh, all I can say is we're going to have some Star Wars episodes. So uh, I might like actually come back to you for that. <laughs> uh, um. I... I I could do if I if I went to university, I could write up my university dissertation on stuff. <laughs> Joseph Campbell psychology and Greek mythology and Shakespeare and how it's all in Star Wars. I oh, I'll have a field day. That'd be the most self indulgent hour of my life, and I'd love it. Nice, awesome. All right, we're wrapping this episode up. So thank you, Jasper, for being here today with me. If you can't get enough of Jasper or like offshore or are curious now to figure out um, like what kind of music they do, like listen to them and stuff. Yeah, you can find them on social media as offshore, but I will also drop the links in the description. So you have no excuse to not check them out and listen to their music. Um, yeah, it's been absolutely nice and lovely. And I hope listeners, you come back to another episode of Gigi and Saji very soon. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. If you can't get enough of us, don't you worry, we got social media for you to contact us, to talk with us, to have questions, to raise questions and to raise your voice towards us. GG, which is me, you can find as Elsie Hamilton Arts on Instagram, as well as literally Elsie Hamilton all around uh, the internet. Go to our site revolutionseries.com and you can also find extended social media contacts when it comes to ref series. Saji, which is known as Abel, you can find on social media on Instagram under a certain name. We also drop the links in the description. Have fun, contact us and have a good day. <laughs>